Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. to another instant reaction edition of the Night Report podcast. Uh, Richie, this was initially planned as a basketball-centric podcast, but we had some huge news break today. Uh, it's been one of the worst-kept secrets since he announced his transfer from Texas A&M, but Jazion Harris, who is a Erasmus Hall product, uh, class of 2021 high school recruit, has transferred to Rutgers. Uh, he's got a ton of talent, but tell us a little bit about him and what Rutgers is getting in, in this really talented edge rusher. Yeah, I mean, uh, calling him talented is an understatement. He was number 120 in his recruiting class. Um, Rutgers actually finished second in his recruitment, uh, I found out. Uh, it was Texas A&M, obviously, at first, and then Rutgers was right there. Uh, Erasmus Hall, you're getting your sixth kid from Erasmus Hall on the roster. And he, he's just super athletic on the edge. He's um, He's got to pack on a little bit of weight. I think he's around 6'4", 6'5", 220. A little on the thin side. But once he adds that muscle, which shouldn't take very long, I, I could see him being a significant contributor, especially with a guy like Muhammad Toure out for the season. You need as much help there on the edge as you can get. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of camp he's surpassing a couple of names like Wesley Bailey and the Cam Stewart's of the world. He's, he's that good. He is incredibly talented. Uh, he kind of got screwed because COVID took away his senior year, and he was already seen as like a raw prospect. And he redshirted last year with Texas A&M. He played two games, I believe. Uh, he had a decent PFF grade, but I think he only played like 28 snaps, so you can't really take that yeah. with much credence. But it sounds like they are pretty not super bummed. It's not like they're losing like a Quinn Ewers type guy, but they're pretty bummed yeah. to see him go because they saw that he was a guy who could contribute to, to the defensive line next year for Texas A&M. So what was, uh, from what you can gather, what was the reason that he decided to transfer from Texas A&M? Uh, he just wanted to be close to the home. Um, he technically did play his high school ball in Brooklyn at Erasmus Hall, like we said. But uh, he is a Staten Island native, and, I mean, Staten Island's, what, 20 minutes, 30 minutes from Rutgers, maybe, mm-hmm. if that. So, I mean, uh, yeah, he just wanted to get back closer to home. He's seeing all his buddies team up again. He's seeing Sean Ryan join the team now. Kasan uh, Abram, Chris Newsian, all these guys he played high school ball with are all, like, on the same team. And it's like, oh, my God, like, what am, what am I doing down in Texas? Like, I'm not even playing that much. Like, I can go home. I can be a starter. And that's, that's basically the thinking right now. For sure. And, I mean, this pipeline from – Erasmus Hall to Rutgers has been so fruitful for Greg under his 2.0 regime. Like this is kind of like being having an in with like Bergen Catholic of New York, honestly, because they have they're they're able in New York City they're able to just kind of like magnetize all the top talent to one school or two schools, and that's kind of what Erasmus Hall is. They're getting all the top kids from New York City and the surrounding area to come play for them. does this affect any of the kids in the 23, 24, 25 class for Rasmus Hall? Like, did they really look up to a guy like Jazian Harris? Um, not only do they look up to him, but it's more of the fact that, like, this is basically E-Hall in college. Like, this is this is an E-Hall college program at this point. Um, you're getting a bunch of former guys and faces, your familiar faces you know already. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna play a huge dividends for guys like Caden Brown. Um, Aris Bathia, I'm a little still indifferent on because his brother is down at ASU, so I still think he might still end up elsewhere. But um, Caden Brown, just has, every time we've talked to him, has always said the right things about Rutgers. He's, he's got four-star potential. I think he should be a four-star now, but arguing for a different day. Um, <laughs> but, 
But I mean, I, th- I think they have a really good shot at landing him, and that's that could be a nice little kickoff to this uh, 2023 class. I am kind of shocked, quickly. given how much hype Caden Brown had. Is like I thought he was more likely to be a five star than a, than a three star based on like the hype before he got ranked. What's the 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 reasoning for him being a three star? Is it that he is still raw, but he's just super super athletic? Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Um, he kind of he ironically reminds me of Jazzy in a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he is super raw. I've saw him a couple times this year at Under Armour and a couple other camps and. He hasn't looked bad on the edge. He's, he's shown glimpses. You'll, you'll like see a couple plays and you're like, oh shit, it's fast. Like, yeah. And then other plays you're like, all right, he just got manhandled because he's two hundred two pounds. So I mean, yeah, he does got he's got to pack on the weight. I think that's the, the biggest thing. Once these guys pack on those pounds, I think it's going to make a significant difference. For sure, uh, it's a huge plan for Rutgers because we clearly needed a defensive line addition um, due to us losing Turay and just. Not really having a difference maker on the edge. This was kind of like a perfect addition. Is this kind of one of the reasons we might have backed off of a guy like Ted Gregory, or is this completely separate? That's uh, completely separate. Um, Gregory, uh, he obviously loves Rutgers a lot. Um, he, he was very close to Rutgers and the coaches, um, but he wanted to take more visits. And at the end of the day, that's that's part of the rules when you're a Rutgers commit or, or going to be a Rutgers commit. Uh, you don't take visits elsewhere, and he wanted to take visits elsewhere. He visited Tulane. Um, he's supposed to visit down at Vanderbilt. I think he actually did head up Vanderbilt last to this past weekend or whatever it was. So, I mean, um, yeah, it, it, it's a tough loss, I guess, at the end of the day. But, I mean, getting just Jazzy and Harris is a pretty good uh, supplemental price. Yeah, amazing addition this late. And just to clarify, we were unsure of him being eligible or not for this upcoming season due to him missing the transfer portal window. Does it sound like that's going to be a problem or is he going to be eligible? It, it sounds like he's going to be fully eligible and ready to go, and um, it's, it's, it's huge for Rutgers. Like I said, I think with Mohamed Touray out, he's he's going to play some significant snaps. For sure. And then training camp starts next week, correct? So he's going to be lining up for practice number one? Thursday or Friday, one of those two days. It's, it, it is this week. Um, oh, it's this week? Going, yeah. The, so okay, was, um, sorry. Thursday or Friday, I might have misconstrued it what the guy said but i was told thursday or friday i'm assuming he meant this week i can't imagine he'd say that for next week but um yeah my my, my source is saying this week and uh they're getting ready to go this is this is going to be interesting that's awesome uh just another really interesting guy to watch in camp this year so we'll have a lot more about jazion and the entire team for you guys this week uh we'll probably do some kind of training camp kickoff primer either this week or early next week to kind of really set the tone for what camp's going to look like this year. Um, but again, like we said, uh, this was originally planned to be a basketball-centric podcast, and we have recently added a new basketball analyst to the site, Davis Mosley. He's going to join us shortly, uh, but before he joins, we do have another commitment to discuss. Uh, this is a class of 22 kid. I, he was originally 23. 22. I mean, but it sounds like he's you. he's going to join the team at some point for this upcoming season, whether it be for the winter session or for the the start of uh, the season in November. But his name is Antonio Chol. I think he goes to school in Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, sort of. So there's like a weird uh, thing that was going on there. So he actually was a North Carolina guy. Um, he was a 2023. I think he was at Word of God. It was called Word of God High School. I have pulled up right here. Um, yeah, so he actually was going to do a prep year at Minnesota Prep Academy, which is a pretty well-known academy over in uh, Minnesota. And 
he uh, he just ended up committing the Rutgers, and he's reclassing back to 2022, and uh, he'll be in he'll be enrolling this year, this season. So they got another big man. That's awesome. And to help us talk about it, we have the newest analyst on the site, Davis Mosley. Uh, sorry to jump in right here and have you start talking immediately, but Davis, welcome to the team. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're you're a student at Georgia, right? University of Georgia. Yeah. So I'm currently uh, in my sophomore year, trying to trying to finish up. Hopefully, I can finish in three years. That'd be the plan, and I can start going full time with uh with all my adventures. But um, I'm glad to be here. It's going to be a lot of fun. I love basketball. I love covering it. Um, and I'm really excited about, uh, about being here. Awesome. Tell us a little bit about how you hopped into the industry so young. I know Richie got into it young as well, but how do you form these connections with these kids from all over the country with, you know, just, you know, being a high school or a freshman in college? Yeah. So it really starts, you know, to me with, with the people you work with. So working with guys like Richie, working with guys like Josh over at the Michigan site, they really helped me and, and brought me along, which was which was so big for me. You know, I was I was 19 year old, no experience, no nothing, no degree, and they just they just brought me on and taught me everything I know, which was just just so huge to to helping me. And, and I started with no bad habits, which was, which was what was so important. And and basically the way I handle my relationships with recruits and with with parents is I treat them with the utmost respect, and they reciprocate that with me right away. You know I'm not going to harass parents. I'm going to text them once. And if they don't get back to me, okay, I'll find another way to talk to the kid, whether it's through a coach or, or however. But I'm not going to harass anybody. I'm not going to you know, keep continuously bother people. I text them once, and, and people will text me back. And, and I think that stems from, from the way you treat people. Is that At the end of the day, everybody wants to be treated with respect, and all parents want to talk about their kids. That's just, that's just how it goes. So, so Richie was – Kind of giving us his his take on the Antonio Chole commitment. That was the the commitment we got on Friday. Unfortunately, we we like to get these uh, commitment analyses out right away, but that I think that was a little too far in the day for all of us. So tell us what you're hearing about Antonio Chole. Uh, this is a kid we added late to this 22 class slash 23 class. Uh, it's kind of unsure. It sounds like whether he's going to be joining the team for the start of the season or midway through. So tell us a little bit about him. He sounds like a, a late riser. Yeah, so he, he's kind of a, a, an interesting type of thing. I think he was originally in the 22 class, reclassified back to 23, and now he's coming back to 22. You know, okay, look, you know, that, that, that's all fine. Um, you know, watching him, he's probably somewhere between a, a solid 6'8", 6'8 215, and he's kind of that tweener uh, between 4 and 5, in my opinion. I don't think he quite has the ball handling to be a 3. Um, but but the way he handles the ball as a four, um, I, I like. I think he needs to use his left hand a little more. Uh, but but once he once he gets that, he's going to be a real force. Um, he's got he's got the body to put on a lot of weight and, and a lot of good weight, which which is nice to see. I think he's his jump shot's got a lot of potential. Um, it looks it looks smooth. There's no hitch or anything, and I think he's a good player. I think I think for for his size, he's going to be able to handle the ball uh, well enough to attack opposing big men in the Big Ten, and I think he's probably going to be able to, you know, hang and bang with them down low as well. Yeah, it sounds like he was getting a lot of independent publicity before he committed to Rutgers about how is this kid not really have much more interest than, you know, these these uh, non-Power 5 conferences, and this kid was, you know, playing lights-out defense and was a force on offense too. Is this just a kid who just was under the radar, or has, has he developed his game a lot in the last year or two? You gotta imagine it's a little bit of both. I think I think a lot of the times with these cases, uh, a lot of kids do get underranked. I mean, at the end of the day, there's 150 prospects that get ranked over on Rivals.com, 
And so that leaves a lot of discretion for people that weren't ranked. I mean, Geo Baker, for example, was an unranked three-star on Rivals.com. He didn't quite turn out to be a, a fitting of that, that role. You know, he turned out to be a really good college player. The same thing with, with lots of guys. I think, I think it has a lot to do with the amount um, of prospects ranked. I, I, think, I think they probably need to do more than 150. Now, that, that makes it a little difficult, and you can't really see 150 prospects every day, and you don't really know what you're getting until you see them in person multiple times. And, and so I think, I think that's a case, but, but I'm sure he's improved a lot over the last year as well. You know, I haven't been able to, to really see him play in person or anything, but the highlights look promising, and a lot of them are recent, which is, which is uh, probably pretty telling that he's improved a lot over the last handful of months or even a year. All right, all right, Davis, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about this son of an NBA legend that Rutgers is, cons- Rutgers is showing a ton of interest in, Dylan Harper, right? <laughs> I got you. I got you. Yeah, I think, I think, I think what he's referring to is the Bronny James stuff that dropped this weekend. Uh, that was one of the more shocking developments, I think, in recent memory. Tell us just where that came from and if that's legit and how much interest we're actually showing and how much is being reciprocated. See, here you go. I wrote down, Bronny, who knows? <laughs> no one knows. Look, this kid is, is a you know, I've watched him live uh, down in Peach Jam. I, I would say he's probably somewhere between 50 to 75 ranking, and I think that's where he is on, on Rivals right now. You know, it's it's just very strange to see a player of his skill to not have many offers. It's it's really bizarre. And I think a lot of that had to do with, of course, you know who he is. I mean that that changes everything. But as well as no one knew if he was really going to play college ball because at the end of the day, his, his dad wants to play with him in the NBA. But um, the it's interesting. I, I'm not 100 percent sure what's going on with with the Rutgers side. I know there's some preliminary contact and and a lot of interest. And why wouldn't there be? He's a really good player. He's a 6'2", 6'3", lead guard who plays great defense uh, and, and plays any role he needs to. He can go out and score 20 or 25 points, but then he's going to get 12 assists the next night. So I think he's a really good player. You know, I, I think a lot of people uh, almost downplay him, and, and I think that happens a lot to, to former NBA players, uh, kids. And most people would think it's the other way, and it's really not. Most most former uh, NBA player kids get, get downplayed, which I don't – I don't agree with, and I think he's he's very deserving of a top hundred spot. And uh, I, I'd like to see Rutgers get a little more involved and continue it on and, and uh, offer him and, and snag him. It'd obviously be a massive commitment, not only for the on court talent, but also the off court talent, because some people were kind of outlining on the boards like Rutgers would be on Sports Center every night that Bronny James is playing. We'd be top of, you know, any any dunk he had would be all over Twitter, all over social media. It would be the biggest, like, single marketing coup Rutgers has had in a very long time. I, I, you know, I pause to say ever because I haven't been alive as long as Rutgers Athletics has been around. Um, but one of the things that have people have mentioned is the Adidas contract at Rutgers and how that might make Bronny coming to Rutgers kind of impossible. Is that something that is really going to be a huge factor in his, if he chooses a school? Maybe. I mean, at the end of the day, he also said North Carolina was a program that, that was involved and they're, you know, I know Jordan is an affiliate of Nike and, and all, but at the end of the day, it's not, not Nike. So I probably a little bit, it's definitely a factor, but I don't think it's like the end of the day, you know, yes or no, depending on that. It's, it's obviously just, just like any college recruitment, it's about fit. 
it's about trust in the coaching staff. It's about ability to play early, and, and that's what's important to the to the James family, in my opinion. Um, obviously, Bronny is, is going to try to get to the league and play with his father. And how, how much time does King James have? And that's really that's probably going to end up being the uh, the deciding factor on it all. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a great point, but uh, I want to move on and talk a little bit about another uh, another guy who I mentioned before. I want to talk about Dylan Harper. I'm sure you saw him down at Peach Jam. Um, Rutgers is obviously on him pretty pretty heavily right now. With uh, obviously Ron going to Rutgers for the past couple of years, but what, what are you hearing on Dylan right now? And what what kind of uh, game is he bringing? Because he's went from I think number eighty in the country to like number fifteen now. Yeah, he is he is a five star prospect in every mention of the word. He's uh he is good, really good. Six four, you know, maybe maybe six three and a half, six four, hundred and eighty five, hundred ninety pounds, something something along those lines. He's he's built real well. And he's got room to put on a lot of more good weight once again, just like uh, you know his his brother. You know his brother played guard, you know essentially, and and uh, he was pretty pretty big, pretty thick. And and I think I think you know Dylan's got the chance to to put on a lot of muscle. And at the end of the day, what he brings to the court is is a lot of uh, IQ. He's really smart out there, and you can tell that just just watching him play. He's the smartest guy on the floor, and that that really helps him. Not to mention you know his skill. The guy is an absolute scorer. But he's got great size, and, he, and he's going to set his teammates up. I love the way he passes the ball. I think that's one of the more underrated aspects of his game, and something that people maybe don't talk about enough. I think he's a, I think he's a really good in between combo guard type of thing. I, I like him more at the two, but but his ability to create on ball not only for himself but for his teammates uh, stands out. And where would you say Rutgers stands in his recruitment in terms of the pecking order? You got to feel good. That that's that's where I'm at. You know, I think I think he mentioned three programs were really sticking out to him, and it was Indiana, Rutgers, and Texas Tech. You gotta feel really good about ever being in the top three. That that's how I've always gone. If if you're in the top three or top two, you gotta feel really really good about your chances. You know, and whether he ends up at Rutgers or wants to pave his own path, that that's that's you know his story, and he'll obviously tell that. But uh, I, I really like where Rutgers is, and I don't think you know. I don't think Rutgers is envying anyone's position right now. He he feels at home at Rutgers. He feels like a normal person, I think was his quote. And I think that, that speaks to a lot of, of how Rutgers has made him feel. Obviously, he, he is a priority, and they need to show that maybe a little more uh, rather than just including him in everything uh, as, as a normal person, show him more that he's uh, an important prospect for them. Going forward, you got to like where they are. Yeah. That's awesome to hear. Uh, the next guy I kind of wanted to talk about was uh, Papa Conte. He's a 6'10 center out of uh, Connecticut, goes to South Kent. He's also a an AAU teammate of uh, 23, class of 23 commit Rutgers, uh, Gavin Griffiths. What are you hearing about him? Yeah, so so the thing about Papa, I watched every game uh, of Papa Conte down at, at Peach Jam. They were coaches from countries or for from schools all across the country. You know, I think I think uh, UCLA ended up making it out for a couple games of his, which I found was interesting. Consider they, you know, they haven't offered or anything. Illinois was there for for many of his games. Rutgers was there. Michigan was there. Just about any program. Pitt was there for every game. You know, that that's it's telling. I really like Papa. I really really like Papa. Needs to work offensively. Needs to get better. Um, extend his range. He's he's not limited, so to say, but. He's he's better in inside of eight feet, which which is okay. You know, I, I like him to you know Big Cliff. I think I think that's a pretty good 
you know, comparison. Uh, but, but the thing about Papa is he plays harder than any prospect I saw at, at Peach Jam. I, I didn't see a player play with more intensity, more fire, and more passion than Papa. The guy plays so hard, and, and he does the things right. And, and he needs to learn. He needs somebody to teach him, which I think is, is, is important. And um, I really like him. I think he's a, a surefire top 100 guy. I think he's a little underranked on rivals right now. I think he's probably somewhere fitting between the 60 to 75 range. Um, and I think he's got a lot of potential. I think he's a, a couple years in college, three, four years. Uh, developing and, and just getting better overall, but I really like him. I think he's one of the five best defensive centers in all of high school basketball. And he plays, like I said, I, I know it's you know sounds like a broken record. He plays so hard, it, it, it's it's awesome to watch him play. I want to talk to you about oh, obviously a very close uh, family friend of his, Gavin Griffiths. You, you watched him a couple times. He's a Rutgers commit. Um, everything I keep hearing on the guy, I haven't been able to see him in person, I've only seen tape, but everyone, everyone keeps telling me this is like one of the best shooters in the country right now. Is that true? Yeah, so that's obviously the thing that sticks out with Gavin. The dude is, is a knockdown shooter. The one thing that, that was, was interesting was he was a little, a little injured and a little hindered at Peach Jam. I think he had an ankle injury for the first couple of games, so he wasn't able to play uh, with, with expressions. And so that was... Uh, that was interesting for to see how he had to overcome that, but he ended up playing later in in the in the week, and he played really well, in my opinion. And uh, like you said, he's he's a great shooter, and everybody talks about his shooting, but his size is is impressive. He is humongous. You know, I think I think some outlets have him six seven, and I I think he's probably upwards of six eight and a half. He, he's a he's a, a long kid. He's got real long arms. And one thing that stuck out to me was that he has a little bit of wiggle to him. I didn't think he was going to be able to create as much off the bounce as he could, and it was it was very impressive. Uh, I think he's going to be one of those guys that you you know as a, as a second or third ball handler out there, and can create a little bit off the bounce. Maybe more for him than for for teammates, but I really like the way that he can create shots and and get his own shot off. And at the end of the day, nobody's blocking a six nine, six eight and a half, you know, shooter. Nobody's blocking that. Yeah, and I, I know I referenced it before, but can, for people that don't know, explain a little bit about Conte's connection to Griffs. Yeah, so so Gavin's mom is technically Papa's uh, guardian while while he's over here in the states. So Papa is from Senegal over in Africa, and hasn't been over there in, in a handful of years. I think he's actually over there now with his family, or or he's planning to leave soon. Um, but but while he's over in the states, Gavin's mom has kind of taken that guardian role and, and has has watched over him and, and taken care of him, which is nice to see. But but the thing I really uh, you know appreciate as as a media person is that he, she hasn't influenced him in any any way. I think that that's really key, uh, especially you know just just as as our moral obligation as people. At the end of the day, she knows it's his decision and she's respected it as his decision. And now would would it be nice for him to to go to, to Rutgers with Gavin and? That makes it a lot easier. Yes, absolutely. And do I think he's going to go to Rutgers? Maybe. But, you know, <laughs> look, I, I, think, I think Gavin's mom's done, a, done an excellent job in, in, in making sure that that rat recruitment has been handled in, in the most res, you know, responsible and respectful way possible. But at the end of the day, that's his guardian over here in the States, and, and Gavin's one of his, his very closest friends. I think that's a major connection and a major pull to Rutgers, and I know that uh, some AAU teammates have been talking with, with Papa, and I think Dylan Harper was in those conversations as well about teaming up at Rutgers. And I think that's, I think that's something to watch. I, I like where Rutgers is at for Papa. And I think, uh, I, I think 
the top three are probably Rutgers, Pitt, and Michigan, and and we're expecting a decision pretty soon. I actually texted Papa not not long ago, and we're going to talk before too long, and I'm going to get a little more information about all three programs, and then we'll we'll get we'll get that out. But um, I like where Rutgers is at for Papa. Uh, moving on to another player, uh, this is another t- class of 23 kid, and I'm sorry if you don't know much about him, but it was a bit of a surprise when he announced that he was going to take a, a, an official visit to Rutgers in the fall. His name is Baye Fall. He's a 6'10 center out of uh, Colorado. He's number 12 ranked pro- prospect in the class of 23. Tell us a little bit about what you know about him and where Rutgers might stand with yeah, him. Yeah, so obviously anytime getting an official visit is humongous. You that That's the key to, to every recruitment. The odds are you're not going to get a player if they don't officially visit your program. That's just that's just how it is. Um, and being from Colorado, that's interesting to me that that he would he would take a, a cross country trip over to Rutgers. But at the end of the day, it's it's a player that Pike has has really prioritized. He's a top fifteen, top twenty guy. He's he's a, he's a really good player, really big, really long arms, big hands. Um, I like where he's at. I, I like I like him as a as a prospect. I think Arkansas is another program in on him. Texas as well. I think Colorado's, of course, in on him. But uh, but it's 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 nice to see Rutgers is going to get an official visit. And obviously, once that that visit happens, we'll know a lot more about where they stand for him. And and that's something to to monitor. But it's it's a uh, it, it's really cool to see Rutgers get an official visit out of a top fifteen guy. And we're gonna we're gonna definitely check in with him soon. And and we'll see see where Rutgers is at. Awesome. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's kind of crazy to see Rutgers with all these top prospects nonstop now. Um, another guy, I don't know how much familiar you are with him, but I talked to Dwayne Pierce the other day, the 2024 guard out of New York, and I think he's top 15, top 20, something like that. Maybe a little I think lower. He's 63. 63. I just had to throw that up. Yeah. But uh, I was close. But uh, he, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he even said Rutgers is in his top uh, is his top program right now. That's uh, recruiting him, and it's. It's just crazy to see this. Like, is that what you're kind of hearing when you go to like these these AAU events and stuff? Are people like talking like, "Holy shit!" Like Rutgers is like this is a thing. Well, I mean, I think you like you said, how many times you know, how many years ago was it that Rutgers was recruiting top fifteen talent? And I know, I know, our guy that you were just mentioning was sixty three, but but how, I mean, Dylan Harper's top fifteen. Gavin Griffiths was ranked in the top fifteen at his point of commitment. I mean, you don't see that much, and and it's really cool to see Pike has got almost a change in recruiting style and he's going, he's swinging for these big fish. And, and I think he's proven that he can land them. Obviously with Gavin, that's a, that's a, that's a big, a big pull. That that's a top 35 player at worst. Um, and that's, that's a big pull for, for the Rutgers program. He's a, he's a, a program changing talent, at least on the wing, which, you know, you, when you're talking about program changing talent, you're really looking for a guard, but Gavin has that ability to, to really change where Rutgers is at. And I think he has already done that with, with the ability to recruit high end talent, you know, bringing in guys that are, that are mid four stars, even pushing five stars. That was kind of unheard of for Rutgers. And, and, and I don't think the fan base was quite ready for that. And the fact that they're in there contending for it is it's very impressive to see. I think, I think Pike's done a great job and he's done a great job at Rutgers as a coach. You know, they, they hadn't made the NCAA tournament since, what, 1991 or or, or, or yeah. less, whatever it was, and, and he's made it the back-to-back years. Uh, that, that's something to at least give him credit for, and, and the ability to, to develop players has been, you know, beyond impressive. And, and that sticks out to guys. And I also think that people don't give him enough credit that back in, in even 10 years ago, kids were not even giving Rutgers the time of day. They weren't even coming for a visit. It's a It's a 
a step-by-step building process. You need to get these kids interested first. And once they start showing up to games, they're going to put you in their top five. And even if you don't land a kid, that's a step in the right direction. That's a step towards landing these kids. And I know recruiting is very binary. It's very, you landed them or you didn't. But you need to be in the running first before you start landing these kids. And Pike was in that territory for a while. Now he's starting to land them. And now people are starting to see maybe he's not as bad of a recruiter as they thought. It's just he was working with two hands tied behind his back without a practice facility you know, without a crowd. Now he's got both those things. He's got one of the best environments in college basketball. He's got one of the nicest facilities in college basketball. So he's got a lot to sell now. So you're seeing the fruit come, you're seeing the, the, the work come to fruition. Now. No question. I think it's, I think it's very impressive. Like you said, he was, he was recruiting with two hands tied behind his back. I mean, 10 years ago, were kids wanting to come to Rutgers? Just like you said, no. Now, yes. I mean, you're talking about, you know, top 15 talent, Dylan Harper, talking with other players about teaming up at Rutgers. That, that's impressive. And, yes, there's a connection there with Ron, and that, that's, that's nice to say. But at the end of the day, it's a top 15 talent trying to land other prospects at Rutgers to play with. That's, that's unheard of. Absolutely. Davis, I wanted to bring it up, too. I guess we're, we're going to see a lot of you on, our, on the Rutgers website soon, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I've been, I've been working with some stuff behind the scenes, both good and bad. Um, managing my time, obviously, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a college kid, so I'm getting ready for that, getting ready to move down. I moved down Saturday. Um, but after that, I'm going to have a lot of time, and I'm going to put a lot of effort and a lot of energy, and you're going to get a lot, of, uh, a lot of content out of me over on the site, and that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm looking to bring. I'm looking to bring a lot of passion, a lot of fire, and get, get, get the fan base and the subscribers, uh, you know, excited about Rutgers basketball. That, at the end of the day, you know, I think I think we all should. I think I think the program's moving in the right direction. I'm looking to help it in any way I can, um, and, and I'm, I'm really excited about the future opportunities coming. You had one hell of a first article, though. Your first article is about R- Ronnie James being interested in Rutgers. <laughs> I'm sure that did pretty well in terms of clicks, Rich. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't even look at the numbers, but I'm, I'm based on the social media interactions to it. It's like, oh shit, like, there's a lot of Ronnie Ronnie fans out there. No question. Yeah, he's got what six point three million Instagram followers. I don't know how many. I don't know if he's on Twitter even. I don't. I don't know if he is. But yeah. that's. Uh, I mean, how do you not talk about you know LeBron James's son? And that that's tough. You know, I, I hate to, to to classify him as LeBron James's son because at the end of the day, he's his own person. He's his own player. But that's that's what he's going to be known as forever. I mean, it's right there in the name, LeBron James yep. Jr. And that's that's all anybody's ever going to you know you know talk about, which is unfortunate because he is such a high level player. Yeah. Agreed. Richie, you got anything else before we sign off here? No, I think that's I think that's pretty much it. That's all I really got. We talked football, we talked basketball, talked uh, everything under the sun for Rutgers and uh yeah, that's that's a, it's a pretty good uh pretty good episode for a pod if I had to say so. Gotcha. Yeah, I think it's all right. Um but I, thanks for everybody for tuning in. Thanks, Davis, for joining us and welcome to the team. Uh this has been another edition of the Night Report Podcast signing off. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.